Thanks for tuning into the XL Legal Podcast, an interview-based podcast for lawyers devoted to practice excellence and wellness tips. I'm your host, Shelley Appleby-Ostroff, legal talent development consultant, writing coach, and former practicing lawyer, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Corey Chadwick, founder of The Mental Gym. Welcome to the XL Legal Podcast, Corey. Hey, Shelley. Thanks for having me here. Well, thanks so much for being here. How about getting us started by introducing yourself? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Corey Chadwick. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I am a mental fitness and performance coach. So we take proactive well-being, combine it with personal and professional development to help leaders, teams, organizations, and individuals show up at their best. Love it. Love it. And you are the founder of The Mental Gym. And I thought we would start by just talking about what is The Mental Gym? Such a new concept for me, I must say. Sure. Well, just like we have gyms for our bodies, The Mental Gym is for your mind. I think we're all familiar with the idea of exercise for our bodies and why that's so important. We work on our physical fitness, but where do we go to work on our mental fitness and become better versions of ourselves? So, Just like you might go to like a group exercise class, like a spin class or a boot camp class or F45 or something like that, Um, we do the same thing for your mind. It's a group workout, a group class workout for your mind. We challenge you to think differently, to explore new perspectives, to build the practical habits, tools, and mindset uh, that are needed to become who we want to be, think at a higher level, perform at a higher level, and show up at our best. Sounds like a tall order, (laughs) given where we are these days. But um, something you mentioned um, briefly was the idea of mental fitness. And I want to explore that a little bit more. What is mental fitness? Well, we think about it like this. If you think about uh, mental well-being on a scale from 1 to 10, where a lot of the attention is going these days is to kind of the, the lower end of that scale, which is important and way overdue, quite frankly. Um, But a lot of the resources, a lot of the solutions, a lot of the uh, assistance is directed at people who are kind of on one end of that scale. And most people are really closer to like a five or a six out of 10 in their well-being right now. It's, you know, maybe it's a four, maybe it's a seven, but it's it's getting by, making it work, but feeling stressed, feeling mentally strained, uh, probably burning out, but getting by, you know, making it work. But what we want to do is move people from that kind of five, six range up to eight, nine, and 10. And so when we think about mental fitness and we talk about mental fitness, it really is about taking you from where you are and helping you be where you want to be good to great. So like, it's fine. We're working, you know, it's, it's working. I'm getting by, but how can I be great? And that's what mental fitness is all about to us. It's about getting fit, getting mentally fit. And I, I have to stop myself from saying mental health gym or thinking about mental wellness uh, and mental health, mental fitness. Those concepts sometimes get a little bit muddled. But I, I hear you, there really is a distinction then between the idea of mental fitness and mental health. Well, I think it's the way we've learned to think about mental health where it gets muddled. Because if I were to say to you physical health, you'd probably picture somebody who's physically fit, right? Somebody who's like running or lifting weights and in the gym, somebody who's fit. But when you say mental health, you tend to think of somebody who's ill, 
That's what we've learned to think about mental health. We don't think about mental health. We think about mental illness. But really, every single one of us has a level of mental health, just like we all have a level of physical health. So again, going back to that scale from one to 10, we don't need to just think about twos and threes out of 10. We should be thinking about everybody on that scale, be it five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. Like, So I, again, I, I, it's unfortunate that we've learned to think about mental health that way. I think over time, we're going to recognize that that it's a much broader concept than just mental illness. And it, it really is a much better concept, but we talk about mental fitness again, just, you know, getting physically fit. We talk about it in terms of proactive well-being, and that's how we think about it. Like I want to be the, the mentally healthiest person I can possibly be <laughs> um, because it's a great way to live. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine that mental wellness um, is a byproduct of this approach. Yeah. So interesting that you say that. When I started doing this work officially, say about seven years ago, um, and it wasn't designed for mental well-being, not at all, actually. It was designed for performance. It was designed for leadership. It was designed to help us realize our potential. And what I started to notice over time was people's the impact it was having on people's well-being was quite dramatic, a really positive impact. So we were seeing huge decreases in stress anxiety, feelings of overwhelm. Um, people who were really busy and had a lot on their plates weren't burning out. Um, they felt calm. They felt in control. They felt present. So it wasn't necessarily designed to have this effect, but this work is different. It's, it's a different approach. It's a different, um, a different way to work on yourself. I think it's a much needed way and and a way that people really take to. And, and yeah, it's, it's been really nice to see it. Um, become such a, an important mental well-being solution. And how long has uh, has the mental gym been around? The gym itself is kind of just an evolution of the work that I was doing previously, always looking for the, the best way to share with people and the best way to deliver it. Um, I always felt like there was so much more to do and so much more to offer. Well, I was always just scratching the surface with people before. The idea came to me about three years ago. I was in the middle of a CrossFit class and I was like, hey, we have these gyms for our bodies. Why aren't we doing this for our mind? So the gym, the mental gym itself started about three years ago. Yeah, that's that's, that's the answer to that question. Yeah, so three years and I'm trying to get a sense of how it works. You sort of, um, you mentioned a little bit about what to expect if someone were to sign up with the mental gym, but mm -hmm. just wondering if you can sort of dig a little deeper into that. Like what could someone expect from a workout um, at the mental gym, for example? Yeah, so I'll explain it the best way I can, but I'll preface it by saying no matter how well I explain it, it will never do justice to experiencing it for yourself. Um, it's kind of like I could try to explain to somebody what it's like to love your kids or what it's like to eat a really delicious dinner. But if you want to know what it's like, you just got to try it for yourself. So what happens is our, our workouts are one hour, once a week. It's live over Zoom. It's a group, a group workout, trainer led. So I'll be your trainer. I'll take you through a workout uh, designed again to make you think differently, to challenge the way that you think and explore different perspectives. We take big ideas and break them down into super simple, manageable parts. And the idea being that each week, what we're really trying to do is just create one little improvement in how you think, one little tweak, one little adjustment. We're not looking for big changes here. But what happens is week in and week out, all those tiny changes, they compound. They add up and they add up and they add up into, into really incredible results. So that's kind of how we how we do that. But it's it's discussion-based. We really are engaging here. So it's 
you know, we're going to, we're going to challenge you to, to engage in this conversation, to share your thoughts, to challenge thoughts sometimes too, not just yours, but, but even the curriculum, you know, this isn't like do what we say and, and don't question it. It's no question it. Like we want you to think, we want you to think about how this shows up for you and why it matters to you. Um, each week we work on a new topic or a, a new, we have a new workout. We have over 150 workouts in the library. So we're always kind of working on something new and, and building and building on previous workouts. All of our workouts connect together. So last week's workout will connect with this week's, this week's will connect with next week's and so on. So there's a real uh, nice flow to what we do. And it really is just about showing up for yourself, taking that one hour once a week to show up for yourself, to show up for your, each other, to work on yourself, to better yourself and come back next week and do it again. So it sounds like the continuity is really important. Yeah. I mean, if you think about physical exercise and I, I you know, we're going to probably make a lot of parallels as we talk about this today, because there are a lot of parallels. If you think about exercising, would you lift weights for a week or two and then say, okay, I'm all done. I'm healthy now. Would you change your diet for a few days and then stop and go back to your old diet and say like, I'm, I'm done. It worked. Uh, it, it doesn't work that way. I think anybody who has ever started a new year's resolution of getting healthier <laughs> can appreciate that, right? You start with all the greatest intentions in the world, but if you don't have the right mental habits and the right tools and the, um, the right way to approach it, you're kind of just relying on willpower. Willpower is fleeting. We know that. So it, it might work well for short bursts, but you know, three weeks into January and then people give up their new year's resolutions. So this is the same thing. The, the consistency of habits, the consistency of practices and, and routines is, is super important to, to success on any level, however you define success. It's that consistency that is, that is really important. Mm-hmm. Makes really good sense. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking too of topics. You'd mentioned you've got 150 workouts, each exploring different topics. Are there any particular topics that um, you would be willing to share with us? Yeah. I mean, where do I, where do I start? How do I choose? <laughs> well, there I'll start here. There are seven we call essential people skills. Why do we call them people skills, essential people skills? Because I believe we believe the world would be a better place if everybody really excelled in these seven areas. And those are uh, self-awareness, accountability, vulnerability, or authenticity, purpose, grit, growth mindset, and resilience. I'll kind of lump those all into one. What did I say there? Self-awareness, accountability, vulnerability, oh, sorry, optimism, and uh, emotional awareness and emotional intelligence. So I think I just named them all. Um, (laughs) If I missed one, I apologize. But all of our workouts are designed to work on some, all of those um, kind of at the same time. And then within each one of those, there's a bunch of kind of subgroups, if you will. So one of my favorite topics is, for example, uh, accountability. And are we really taking accountability for our lives? Um, Where do we blame, for example? Where do we make excuses for things? Where are we maybe thinking like, it's just bad luck, things like that. And um, there's a a way of thinking that is going to help you really show up at your best. And that's, you know, taking responsibility, taking ownership, taking control of your life. And there's a way that's not. Um, and that's doing it the other way. So I could tell you that I could say, Hey, you got to take responsibility, right? You got to take control of your situation. That would just be like telling somebody like, you got to eat better, or you got to work out a certain way, or you got to quit smoking. It's like, yeah, everybody knows that, right? That's, that's not the problem. The problem is, I shouldn't say the problem, but the challenge is 
are we integrating that into our lives? Do we really get it, not just on like a, a theoretical level, but on a level that, that makes sense to us that we do integrate into our lives? So we might take that one concept and break it into different parts over five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, looking at all these little different parts. How are we showing up that way? And the idea here is if we look at a lot of things on a scale from one to 10, we're all about these, this idea of living your 10, which is really living, showing up at your best as that best version of yourself. Um, and 10 doesn't mean perfect, by the way. <laughs> there is no perfect. This is real life, right? It's not like a multiple choice test in school. So it's not about being perfect, but it is about being your best. On this scale from one to 10, whatever we're working on, what we're really trying to do here, each one of us is just move ourselves up that scale just a little bit more every day. How can we just take another tiny step in the direction of me living my 10 and, and being my best? So if it's something like accountability, if it's something like optimism, if it's something like vulnerability, if it's something like grit or growth mindset or resilience, like how do we just take a little step? How do we just move in that direction just a little, little bit more? And like I said, all of those little steps that we take, they they compound, they add up to, to massive results. Yeah, I mean, we have so many great workouts. It's hard to just kind of pick one, but those are some of my favorite topics for sure. Yeah, no, that certainly gives me an idea. And also just to share with listeners that you were kind enough to allow me to uh, attend one of the workouts. And I have to say, I really went in with a completely open mind. I had no idea what to expect. And uh, I was thinking about the things that we had discussed for quite a long time afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, Corey, the, what you did or how you did it, but it was incredible the way, um, just the, the support from the group. I think there were what four, maybe four other people, um, attending at the same time. And it was just right away. I felt this incredible sense of community and support. Mm -hmm. I'd never met any of these people before. Right. And everybody was just so open and sharing their ideas. And, and, you know, you talk about sort of the, um, those those essentials of living your 10 one being vulnerability like everybody really was very vulnerable and mm. as a result i just thought there, it was just magic I, like again like you say you sort of have to experience it yeah um but i also thought too what was really interesting was that you were guiding us towards what i found in retrospect was a goal yet mm -hmm. As we were going through the process, we felt, I'll just speak for myself, I felt that I was kind of coming up with it myself. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah, that was so incredibly powerful. And um, yeah, I'm just wondering how you how you came to develop this process because it, it was so incredibly effective. And as I said, I thought about it for such a long time afterwards. Yeah, I appreciate that. I love that you got to come join us for a workout. Um, so the, the, I mean, the, there's a lot of parts to, to the design of uh, working out this way, but I can tell you where it started for me when I was, uh, when I was growing up as a teenager and I was one of those kids, I felt like I had a lot of potential. I was a pretty bright guy. Um, I loved thinking and being challenged to think differently. Like I, I genuinely enjoyed that. Um, and my dad was a lawyer and every, every night at dinner, he'd come home and he knew how much I enjoyed this and he loved challenging me. And so he'd present me with a, a legal scenario or something going on in the world. And he'd tell me like, what do you think about this? Uh, like, tell me what you think. And, and, um, and I'd think and think and think, and I'd, I'd come up with 
with some sort of response. And he'd always kind of respond in a, a similar way to me. He'd say, you know, really good point, really well thought out and articulated. Uh, but what about this? And he would just play devil's advocate. <laughs> and it was maddening <laughs> at times. It was incredibly frustrating, but I really, I, I ate it up. I loved it because by forcing me to think differently and think kind of outside of my comfort zone and explore different perspectives, oftentimes um, two extremes of a perspective, um, I got to learn not only the different possibilities and how we think, but I got to learn what's in the middle of those extremes as well. So you can have an extreme point of view on one side and extreme on the other side. But when you, when you learn those two extremes, you can really kind of figure out everything that's in between. And then you get to choose where you want to be in between. You get to be really intentional about that. So really, that's where this kind of started for me, this, this understanding that if you can push me and challenge me to think at a higher level, a level that we don't get in school, <laughs> quite frankly, um, if you can challenge me to think at a higher level and figure these things out for myself, they're going to stick. I'm going to get it and it's going to stick. And if it sticks, something's going to change because how we think, if we can change how we think, that's going to impact how we make our decisions and our choices, which is going to impact how we act or behave. And that's what leads to the results that we get. So by doing our workouts this way, we need you to think differently so that it, it sticks with you. So that when we have one of those small improvements, the, it's, it's like a, a switch flips in you. And once it flips, it doesn't flip back because now you understand something in a different way. So yeah, we, like you said, in our workouts, we certainly have a goal, but the goal is to get you to think critically, to think differently, to think independently about this concept and to make a decision as to where you stand on that idea. Yeah, I love that you kept thinking about it for days and days later. That's, that's exactly what happens. It's, you know, we're, we're challenging you to think and, and you're going to think and you're going to think about it in your life. And as you're interacting with this concept in your real life, which is really important, right? That you don't just leave it in the gym, but you actually take it with you and you start implementing it into your life and integrating it to see how it works in your life, in your relationships, at work, uh, in your self-care, like you, you name it. How is this is actually showing up for you? Um, that then it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of who you are. And this is just a part of your life now. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really important. Yeah, and I was yeah. going to say, and it affects more things than just that, things that are related to that topic of the week, yes. which I thought was so cool that moved so beyond the topic. And all of a sudden, I started seeing things just after one hour, just yeah. started to see so many things differently. And, and I was kind of comparing that to you know, reading a book or, um, you know, reading a, a, a resource or listening to a podcast or something um, where it's very sort of passive um, yes. learning. And anyway, I just, I, I was so blown away by the effect and how different it was from just me doing things on my own. And I mean, the topic wasn't new. And that was, no. the, that was the thing. It wasn't a new topic. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> Definitely yeah, you nailed it. You nailed <laughs> it. Right. It's, it's not, it's not always going to be a, like the topics that we work on are ones that are a part of your life, right? We're, we're not necessarily introducing brand new topics that you've never thought of. In fact, more often than not, in fact, almost all the time we're working on something that is probably a, an important part of your life as it is right now. 
uh, your life presently or your life in the future of where you want to go and, and what you want to accomplish and achieve. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, these concepts, they're, again, like I said, they're yours, right? You integrate them into your life and they become a part of who you are. You get to understand them. You get to see them. Like the moment you leave the gym, you get to see how this is showing up in your life. Hmm. And and you just, you're going to see it differently. You're going to think about it differently. And as soon as you're doing that, you're becoming aware of how you think and make your decisions. When you become aware of those things, you can, you gain a lot of control in how you think and make decisions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you make better decisions and you get better results. And performance. Yeah. Performance improves for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and just as, as we're talking, I'm thinking that, um, you know, so many people would benefit from this type of workout. Are there any sort of typical clients that you're seeing? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, I remember starting the gym concept is like, who's this for? Like, I, I didn't know because I do believe it's for everybody. Um, but over time, you get to see right now, uh, working with more like teams and organizations um, than than ever before. There's certainly a certain type of person who who takes to the gym more, who gets the best kind of results, who really engages with it. And I would say in a real nutshell, again, if I go back to this scale from one to 10, there are people all over that scale. We're again for people, let's say in the five, six, seven range who want to move up to eight, nine, 10. Um, some people don't care if they're at a five or a six. They're like, yeah, I'm here. I'm fine. Like, that's cool. I, you know, life's not terrible. It's fine. And they're okay with fine. Uh, they're not the kind of people who are, who are our kind of people or who are going to get the most out of the, the gym and, and even probably be attracted to it in the first place. Uh, the kind of people that, that we resonate with the most are bright people. They're ambitious in one way or another. It doesn't need to specifically be about their careers. It's just they're ambitious in life. They want to be happy. They want to be great partners and parents. Um, they, they want to live a fulfilling life. They want to, uh, impact people and, and leave a mark and, and things like that. Like, so it can really be ambitious in anything, but they, they do have a level of ambition. They enjoy being challenged to think differently. They actually, like I do, think it's fun and enjoyable. It's not a chore. Um, they like working on themselves. Oftentimes, They've worked on themselves in the past. They've done personal development work. They've worked with a coach, perhaps a therapist or an executive coach or, or something to that effect. They like to read and listen to podcasts, but you know, they, they haven't found that, that fit that's the right one for them. Like you said, books can be great, but they really are quite passive. Um, I'm, I have my favorite books, but I'm not huge on even recommending books to people because I do believe it's such a passive way to, uh, to work on yourself that rarely yields tangible results. Yeah, I, I think it's it's those kind of people. They're 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 open-minded, they're introspective, right? They they like looking at themselves and, and trying to improve themselves. I think in a real nutshell, they're just people who want to be better. Mm-hmm. They want to be better people. And uh yeah, those are the people who uh who we who we resonate with the most for sure. Yeah, I can see that. And and also I can see it as being, you know, I'm probably not your your demographic, probably a little older. Um, but also like I could see, you know, those of us in our sixties still enjoying um a workout and benefiting from it hugely. Uh so we don't have a demographic, just so you know. <laughs> okay. There's no ages. There's no ages in the gym. It's um you might have someone who's twenty working out with somebody who's sixty-five and and they gain so much from being in that environment together. It's you'd be, you'd be uh, surprised, amazed. It's, it's not about ages at all. 
Yeah. And I can really see that just, you know, the, the benefit for, for everybody, you know, for the, the younger participants and uh, the older alike, there's always wisdom to be shared. Yep. And uh, yeah, I love that. And, and I have to say, just going back to my own experience uh, in that workout, it was just so incredibly supportive. And I had no idea how, you know, about anybody's background or anything. Uh, and taking that out of the equation, like we were just somehow it just completely leveled the playing field. And, uh, you know, people were engaging in the chat and supporting each other. And uh, anyway, I can't, can't say <laughs> enough <laughs> about it. I just really, to all of our listeners, I really encourage um at least trying a workout. And I, and I understand that that's how you suggest that people get started is just try it out and see what they think. Just try to just, just try a workout for yourself, for your team. Yeah. Just, just try it just like you did. Just see, see what it's like to work out your mind and work on yourself in this environment where people are, are real with each other. I mean, people crave real. I think that's something that, that we, that it's easy to forget in this world. That's not very real sometimes um people crave real we don't want the bs we don't want the fluff we just want to just have and talk about things that matter and work on ourselves and improve and, and do it without judgment like you said the environment's so supportive it's it's not like um it's not a support group it's a how can we help each other be our best group yeah. um and i think that people really do crave that uh in their lives so yeah try it just just try a workout and, and no, like you said, open mind, good attitude. Don't expect anything. Just come in and, and see what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I'm obviously converted. So uh, <laughs> yeah, if this were like an advertisement uh, for the mental gym, then uh, yeah, I would be right in there. I'm just wondering <laughs> if there's anything that, um, that we didn't touch on, um, Corey, that you think would be useful to pass on to listeners about, you know, living your 10, the mental gym, any of the things that we discussed? Oh, I mean, yeah, there could be so many more. I mean, the idea of, of living your 10, I think we talked a lot about the gym and, you know, if you have any more questions or anybody, any of your, your listeners want to know more, I mean, please feel free to connect with me and, and, uh, and learn more. Happy to talk about that. I think the idea of living your 10 uh, is, is, is a really important one for all of us to think about, to think about where on that scale from one to 10, we want to be. And again, 10 doesn't mean perfect. It's not that at all, but you know, how happy do you want to be in your life? How fulfilled do you want to be? Um, what kind of relationships do you want to have? How do you want to show up? And we should be asking ourselves these questions because what happens is when we don't ask ourselves these questions, we just kind of end up somewhere in the middle. Hmm. It's, it's like mediocrity by default. And it's easy to kind of look around and just try to compare ourselves to everybody else and put pressure on ourselves and, and, oh, where should I be at this? Should I be at that? No, no, no. Just like, who do you want to be? How do you want to show up? You know, when you're 100 years old, looking back on your life, what do you want to be saying about your life? These are important things for all of us to be thinking about. And I think it all starts with just asking ourselves a very simple question, like, who do I want to be and what kind of life do I want to live? If we can ask ourselves that question honestly and answer it honestly, uh, we're going to gain gain a lot of, of valuable insight into into our own selves and our own lives and um, and just asking the question and answering it enables us to start taking steps forward. Um, I, I absolutely believe that the work we do here is 
is the path to living year 10. It's why, you know, it's years and years and years in development. And, um, and I'm excited for everybody to get to see that, that there's a version of yourself that probably deep down you've believed you could be, you've, you've had a hint that that version of you exists. Um, and I think it's time that, that that person became normal for you, that, that you stopped thinking about it and started becoming it. Yeah. And one thing that um, really struck me during the workout that I participated in was talking about the difference between happiness and fulfillment. Mm, that's a big uh, one. Yeah. And, you know, what you're saying about sort of being that, uh, you know, trying to identify who that person is that you want to be. And that, that goes to the question of fulfillment, fulfillment being so much greater than happiness, which is so fleeting. Um, yeah. Um, I can touch on that real yeah, I'd love yeah, to for, for your listeners, sure. Um, so we tend to use those two words interchangeably: happiness and fulfillment. And I do think it's important that we recognize that they're actually different things. So, like you mentioned, happiness is fleeting. It's, uh, it's something that happens in the moment, but it comes and goes. So, uh, if you eat a great meal or you watch a funny movie with your friends, like something like that, it's it's great when it's happening, um, but shortly after that, that feeling fades; it goes away, and one of the big challenges that we're facing in life is that we think we're supposed to be happy all the time, but that's not possible. And we see social media that tells us we're supposed to be happy all the time. We see other people posting pictures and videos of themselves being happy all the time. Of course, it's it's not real life. It's social media life. It's They're showing you the best half second of their day, and that's all we see in, in those feeds. Um, but we're, we're kind of been told that we should want to be happy all the time. And happiness is great. And don't get me wrong build as many happy moments into your life as, as you want. But what fulfillment is, is fulfillment is lasting. It's like a lasting sense of joy. So happiness fleeting comes and goes, fulfillment lasting, it, it, it stays with you. So if you think about it, and I often use the example of, so I got two young boys, they're six and four years old and, and they're wonderful. Like they're amazing. I, I, can't say enough great things about my boys. Uh, and I love spending time with them. And we have a lot of happy moments together, a lot of happy moments. And sometimes because my boys are four and six years old, <laughs> uh, they can be a real handful. Um, and there are moments that I do not enjoy as much. And I, I don't love those moments. I would call those less happy moments or unhappy moments. But those moments also, because they're fleeting, they come and they go. So the moments, the happy moments, the unhappy moments, those, those come and go and they come and go and they come and go and they come and go. But how much I love my boys all the time, no matter what, without exception, that's fulfillment. Mm -hmm. That never goes away. So we say we want to be happy, which is great. But if we think about it the wrong way, we really could be setting ourselves up to fail what we should be, and I don't like using the word should, but maybe what we need to be doing is finding ways to live a, a fulfilling life, a meaningful life, um, a life that we can genuinely admire and be proud of. So I, I would love it if we were taught about fulfillment in school <laughs> um, and if we could spend our lives trying to live a fulfilling and meaningful life. I think um, the world would be a much better place if we did that. Yeah, oh, I'm with you on that. That's for sure. Wow. Well, 
What a great discussion, Corey. And I'm just so thrilled to be sharing the mental gym with listeners. And also just to reiterate that you run all the workouts. So um, I think you are a big part of the magic. So I wish everybody has an opportunity to try a workout. Uh, And I just wonder what's the best place to direct listeners to find out more about the mental gym. I mean, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm on LinkedIn. That's a good place to connect with me. So by all means, please reach out, connect on LinkedIn. I'd love to uh, to meet you and learn a little bit about you. Uh, the Mental Gym, you can check out our website. It's mentalgymlife.com. And um, that's a good spot to learn a little bit more about what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, again, the best way to learn about the gym is to to try a workout and and experience it for yourself. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Corey. What a delight speaking with you and learning more about the mental gym. Even though I've had the opportunity to try a workout, I learned even more from speaking with you. So thank you so much for sharing. Oh, Shelly, it was my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for joining me today on the XL Legal Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm always looking for topic and guest ideas. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you at xllegal.com. That's E-X-E-L-L-E-G-A-L dot com.